Hello and welcome once again to the SFM podcast. I'm John Cole and we're dealing still with the furore surrounding the SPFL's handling of their resolution, which after being eventually passed has seen promotion and relegation issues decided on the the basis of points per game played up until the lockdown forced a cessation of the competition. Shortly I'll be talking to Andrew Smith, chairman of the SFSA, the Scottish Football Supporters Association. Firstly though, I'd like to correct an error I made yesterday in counting the number of teams in the league incorrectly. I had added a half a dozen teams to the total erroneously and shamefully, but to put the record straight, the voting requirements to pass the SPFL resolution was 75% of the Premier 12, 75% of the Championship 10 and 75% of leagues 1 and 2, 20. So, uh, David Lowe yesterday defended the SPFL's conduct with the resolution. I've got Andrew Smith, the chairman of the SFSA, with me now. Andy, first of all, what's your big picture view of what happened? John, we are where we are. Um, as, as an independent fans organisation, Everything that happens, every decision that's made across Scottish football has winners and losers, and we've got fans in our in our membership who are on both sides of any decision. So my view is that the SPFL as a board have been under real pressure because this COVID-19 virus is something that is totally unprecedented. It's going to cause ramifications that we haven't even sat down to think about. And the SPFL have taken a month and said, we have to help our clubs. We've got money that has to get paid out. And that's fair enough. Um, therefore, we as a board see our best way forward is closing this season down. And they've done that. And they did it with a vote last week. Um, and what do I think? I think there are things that we can add and say maybe would have made it better or worse. But they took a vote. Eventually, they got through and they made a decision. And hopefully today... Or tomorrow, I've heard the letters out today saying it's happening and maybe tomorrow the money will be paid into accounts. So, positive result for many of our clubs. Of, of course, there have been a lot of accusations flying around over the whole thing. There's been accusations of bullying, uh, there's been accusations of self-interest. Uh, David Lowe addressed that yesterday uh, with us on the podcast where he said that the clubs that voted against would probably have voted for had they not been in relegation places and that the, the politicking, his word, rather than... Um, uh, than bullying as has been uh, has been used uh, it takes place over company democracy issues all the time and shouldn't be confused with bullying Do you know what? I think bullying is something that happens when you're going to lose something and you can't see a way out of it and I think it's been in- inherent and soft rather than direct but I think I-, I-, I read your site last week and one of your posts just came up with something where he called it all the Good Friday Disagreement and that made me smile because um, what was it all about? Um, I think the SPFL conflated two things in this process, and that was maybe a mistake. Um, this is not back criticism. We're not going to go back, but it was probably a mistake in my view. And we wrote to them last week and said we thought it would be a mistake. As as a Scottish um, Footballers Sporters Association, we said, please don't do this. Because conflating prize money with pro rattering season, while it sounds good around the board table, leads to issues. Let me tell you what the issues are. The issues are that some of the clubs out there are desperate for the money and there should have been 
something done to get that money out to them as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And, and yeah, the vote has done it now, but by conflating it with pro rata in the system, the, the season, what that meant was that they were going to be losers. Now, I know people who have been soiled with this bug, this virus, and I know people who are going to lose their businesses, and they're losers. And I've, I've been in charge of a member's organization in the past, and I personally would have been happier had there been no losers for a period of time saying, you know what, the family stays together, we're not going to push Stranraer and we're not going to push Hearts down or whatever happens in time. We're going to try and do something where the football family stays together for the benefit of the football family because although every club is self-interest, every other club is interdependent. Um, so what do I think? I think the Good Friday disagreement was probably coming um, because ultimately clubs could only vote despite what they told Radio Scotland and other people. They could only ever vote in self-interest because it was... What league will I be in next year? Where am I now? Is it good for me? Um, you then get politicking, and clubs are wonderful at politicking because they all control all the local media, and whether it's mainstream or even local, and they're feeding stories in to get the angles they want. So playing to the media, yes. Was there corruption at the SPFL? I very much doubt it. I think there was a very confused voting process and a couple of errors made. But let's go back to the beginning. They needed to call an end to the season or to start bringing an end to the season. So people like the chairman of Forfer was on last week. He needs to know what he thinks his numbers might be because one season ends, one has to begin. and He needs some kind of clarity. So result, we are where we are. We've called an end to the season for three of our leagues. It looks like the top league will follow the same. Nobody, never going to get a situation where everyone's happy. But at least we've got a base that people can move forward on. Well, it's very much sounds to me, Andy, that, that, that you're not particularly interested in recriminations here. But but surely, the 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 way the whole process was handled is an indication of some kind of leadership failure at the SPFL. Yeah, I think that that's fair to an extent. But you can say the same of our government today. There's a there's an article in the Guardian today by Gianmarco Raddy, who I'd never heard of until I read it, talking about the fact that there are thousands of people waiting in Cambridge to process swabs and to tell if people have the virus or not, and they're not getting any because the government haven't committed to testing. So this, this situation is un, it's, it's unprecedented. Things are happening that have never happened before. And for us to say that the SPFL, in, in a remote state, I, I suspect, have not handled it as well as they could have. Well, you know what? They got the result that they set out to get. So have there been inefficiencies? Yes. Do I think there was leadership issue in, in someone somewhere saying, hang on a minute? Because here's an aside. Again, reading your website last week, one of the guys posted about the Lowland League, which is one of the feeder leagues feeding into the third division. They took a vote, basically, that said they'd end the season, so pro rata the same way as the SPFL have done, but they said nobody's going to be damaged, so clubs coming up from the bottom, and that would be the Kelty Hearts or the Brora Rangers in, in, in the top leagues, but the clubs coming up from the bottom will still come up, nobody's going down, and we will find a way for our football family to contain all that. That, to me, as somebody who represents all clubs, all fans, 
is good, and, and, and I sign up to that. But, you know, us shouting and, 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 and squealing at people for not doing things that would have been perfect, we've moved on. The, the money's going out today or tomorrow. The leagues are at an end, and we're now planning for next year because then we're into different issues. Next year's league, when? August? Yeah, exactly. Don't think so. You, you, you were talking about self-interest there. I feel as if I have to ask you about the D, because if they have extracted some kind of compromise from the SPFL board as a consequence of their vote, have they been skillful? Have they been opportunistic? Have they been duplicitous? What, what, what do you think? Oh, goodness, John. Skillful, opportunistic, duplicitous. Yeah, I think... Skillful when they saw they had the final vote. I was somebody who doesn't know the details, so hands up. But as somebody watching it from the side, I think that's been pretty skillful. It's been opportunistic and duplicitous. Well, Inverness Kelly would say that. Um, do I think it's bad? Well, they had the chance to ask for some kind of concession because there's no secrets in Scottish football. One day we'll find out what they asked for or, or what happened, but. Yeah, they've, they've played well, but the, the issue is now. Um, has it made them better off individually as a club? Well, they were fourth in the league, possibly in the playoffs. Um, might have gone up, probably not statistically, but if the league was to expand to 16, then I would say they've played it very well. If the league, and, and it's a new Anne Budge and Les Gray, um, um task force if it goes up to 14 or stays at 12 then that's not what they did so I don't know um, good question though. I, I think that brings me to the, the next thing I was going to ask you about was that, that one of the things that, that the D appear to have extracted from the SPFL board is some sort of firmer commitment than had hitherto been offered to reconstruction and they have set up this uh, this working group or committee or whatever headed by Anne Budgeon and Les Gray but I spoke to David Lowe about uh, about this yesterday as well, and he said that he didn't envy them the task simply because the the sort of liquidity data uh, that would be feeding into that could mean that uh, that one or two clubs going bust, for instance, could throw all their calculations out the window. I think that that's two really important questions, John. Let's take the first one first, which is there is a task force that has been um, allocated to Les Gray, a very capable guy. Anne Budge, what she's done at heart has been fantastic. And they're two really good people. Um, one, um, one task to say, what will we do with the top league? Now, what we don't know at this time is whether if whatever happens at the top league has implications all the way down, and it probably does because it's a, it's a, it's, um, a pack of cards or a, a deck of cards. Anyway, um, what do I think they need to do? Well, there's three ways we can look at this um, as, as a task force. And I, I hope the first one is what it is, because if it is, then it's good for football, which is that what we have is a task force that is a strategic move by the SPFL to say, long term, we want to look at this as a way that whenever the end of the season um, totally ends and the new season starts and some people say that's going to be January. Some people say it's going to be September, October. It might be a long time away because it's so difficult. But if we really put our weight behind it as the SPFL and we really want it to happen, then, wow, um, that can happen because you've got two capable people at the top and they'll bring in the right people around them and they'll go. But there are two other ways of looking at that. 
this whole thing could just be a fudge to get through last week's Good Friday disagreement. And if that's the case, then the task force will go nowhere. And the third thing is it could be even worse than that. It could be a time wasted in purpose. So it won't even, um, it will be just allowed to meander in its own way and nothing will ever happen in time. So if the SPFL are totally serious about that, it will be strategic and it will happen and we'll all be the better for it. If it's the other two options, then it will just go nowhere. Is it possible that, that clubs could go out of business, no matter what the, the authorities do? Oh, no, I think, you know, that's probably the biggest thing in this whole situation, which is all the revenue streams. The chairman from Forfair was on the programme after the Cali Thistle guy last week, and he was saying, we need to get back to basic planning. We need to be able to find out what our income streams are, what our expenditures are. And I was sitting there saying, wonderful. That's great to hear a club that spends the money it earns, that has a business plan. But even being counter-sensible people like he is are going to find that the revenue streams that they can generally think will come will be questionable. Um, distancing, will that affect fans? Will the fans all come back? Um, fans pay about 50% of football revenues just now come from turnstiles, approximately. And you can look at it differently in different leagues. But will... Will that come back? Whew, don't know. Local sponsorship? So it'll come at first. But when the butcher in the local village is going bankrupt because he's been closed or whatever, or the local builder can't get people to buy houses, then sponsorship gets questioned because there is a nuclear winter coming at the end of this. There'll be a boom at the end of this, and then there'll be a long, slow build. And revenue streams to football teams? Whew, I'd be planning for less than they think they're going to get but accordingly, all the costs will follow. Football wages will fall, and the number of people involved will fall. We're, we're on the edge of a deep depression, and, and that's where I agreed with David Lowe. I thought David Lowe was kind of big club dismissive a little bit yesterday. But what he said in the second half of, 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 of his broadcast was right. The numbers don't work anymore. Last year's numbers are gone. They're fantasy. Next year's numbers are different. And clubs have got to, my advice to any of the clubs would be look at your costs. If you've got money in the bank, keep it because you will need it and it will buy you more whenever we come back than it does now. And the fans have to help. All of us fans are worried. You know, I have a season ticket. Will I get money back for the eight games I'm not going to see? No, but I'm not going to ask for it. it it's, that's gone. But next year, will I buy my season book again? Yes, I will. Um, although I don't know when it's for. I'll still buy it. I'd buy it early, like some people have been doing at Motherwell. But goodness, um, financial planning. I'm glad I'm not a financial director of a football club just now. If what we hear this morning is true, that, that uh, the reconstruction is addressing only the top league, although I find that strange because, as you say, it is a pack of cards. You know, there's a domino effect, if you like to mix my metaphors, all the way down the league. But surely reconstruction in the, in the backdrop that you've just described to us has to be far more exhaustive, far more far-reaching than just the top leagues. I think it does. And I think, to be honest, that... You know, if, if Brora had, here's an example, if Brora had won the the playoff against Kelty and had joined the fourth division down, and if at the same time, great to use this, great football discussion, and if Stranraer were in the bottom league, then Brora Rangers going down to play Stranraer makes no economic sense at all. Um, 
but to me, the value of, of clubs, professional clubs like Bora and Stranra and, and um, Edinburgh City and people like that is wonderful in communities. And we have to find a way of having a league where we've got, because look at the Scottish 42 current members and, and plus everyone outside there, but let's just look at our current members. We've got two duopolistic giants at the top, one very profitable, one um, on the way back. We've got a few big city clubs. We've got a few small city, big town clubs. And then we've got community clubs from big ones down to small ones. They're all different businesses. They're, they're not yeah. homogeneous in any way at all. So trying to find a way of making them all fit together is always going to be difficult. So that's to me what any future look at Scottish football should be saying. How do we make football the best it can be, but within the economic constraints that are sensible? So Brora don't have to travel to Stranraer once or twice a year because that doesn't make a lot of sense. With um, Although the, the adventure is fine. I've got friends who followed Inverness Cali all the way up from the Highland League all the way through, and they had a ball, but it cost them a lot of money. So what's the um, the SFSA's uh, approach to things as they are now? Are, are you in a position where you have to react to what the authorities are doing or, or is there anything proactive that, that, that you've been thinking about? Yeah, basically we're here to help. We're independent and that's really important. We don't, we're not paid by the SFA, we're not paid by the SPFL. We've got one very clever guy on our board, Henry McLeish, who wrote the report, which was partly binned or not looked at because it really was asking for change. So we're made up of people from different clubs. Nobody dominates. No club dominates. No fan base dominates. We're people who are there to ask the question, the kind of questions that Ross County should fans should have asked when they were told to come and play a semi-final in Glasgow at 12.30 on a Sunday and there was no public transport yeah. there. We're there to look after fans' interests for everyone, even when they're in competition. And our view would be that fan, and it's corny, but it's true, the fan is a stakeholder in Scottish football. Everything that comes in revenue streams is either directly from us or indirectly from us. And all we would ask is that fans are listened to and involved in any big decisions about the future of the game. That doesn't mean to say we want to impose fans on their boards. We just want the point of view of the fan to be thought through. And... Um, Right now, I would say the, the task force is something that we would be more than willing to help and, and, and input into because um, it's the start of the changes and things that we should be thinking about. You know, this is us talking. This is not policy. Um, to me, with the uncertainty, with the economic casualties that are coming, we're going to start next year, even with people who are semi-even this year, not being even next year. So maybe... We do what golf do. We have uh, medals at the start of the year where your handicap doesn't go up and it only goes down if you play well. So maybe for the first year, any leagues that are there are, um, yes, you have champions, but you don't have relegation. You don't damage people because it will take a while for people to come back to normal again. And I would say in any in any look when the Budge and the Les Grey task force, they should be saying, what can we do to set business up on an even keel for us all and from my point of view having the interests of all rather than self-interest of any one or two clubs and how can we then move that forward so it helps Scottish football from the bottom right through to the top because it might be in one or two stages it doesn't have to all be brand new from day one 
but we have to start moving towards something that doesn't need tinkered at in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Well, Andy, just before we finish, it strikes me that the, the tone of the conversation that we've had so far is a, is a wee bit, I forget who, who made the quote that, that, that there's no such thing as a crisis, but there are opportunities. Perhaps this is such a situation. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, there are opportunities because change is coming, it's rapid, but goodness, there's going to be pain first. What we have to do is set up. It's a time for future proofing. We should be using the time right now to say... Scottish football is a lot good going for it. And the thing we haven't talked about that's really interesting, John, is there's macro and micro in any market. We are micro. We are a little market. Scottish football on the north of the British continent or the British island. There's the English leagues over the border. There's the big European leagues over the water. There's the other leagues that will start to come back. And do you know what? At times of change, sometimes you see distinct movement coming from the top. And that wouldn't surprise me if some kind of realignment or changes come on a kind of macro level. How that would then affect us in Scotland, who knows? But because we're at such a time of change, um, nobody really knows what's coming. We don't know when the league's starting. We don't know how many months it will be. We don't know how many teams will have survived. But what I would say is one of the things that I love about football is we're we're the core part of lots of communities. We are a power for good. As we evolve and we've got kids' football and we've got women's football joining in with men's football, particularly in some of the well-run community clubs, you stand back and say, that's not a bad future, um, a basis for future. Let's build on that. So I think if, if we go back to our strengths going forward for the whole country and we, we find a way that we can support structure amicably, um, openly and, and fairly, then there is a future for Scottish football. But bloody hell, it's going to be a tough, tough start because um, we're facing economic disaster. Andrew, as things evolve, I'd be grateful if you would uh, perhaps come back and, and speak to us again. But thanks very much for your contribution today and, uh, and all the best and stay safe. I will. And one thing I would say is we have a survey out just now. And we would love your members or your, your readers to take part in. It's a general mm. survey about various things in Scotch football. You'll find it on our website. And opinions, it's a bit like Lafroy whiskey. Opinions are welcome. Hey, good luck and stay safe, John. Thank you very much, Andrew. And we'll speak to you soon. All Bye. Right. Cheers. Actually, I haven't been able to locate the survey that Andrew was talking about there on the SFSA website there. When we find it, uh, we find out about it, we'll publish it on SFM. Well, the reconstruction process is now underway and we'll be keeping a close eye on that. So expect to be hearing from us probably this time next week with an update on what is going on and we'll try to get some more guests from a variety of different uh, persuasions and positions uh, so that you can make up your own mind about what is exactly going on thanks again to Andy Smith uh, for being here with us today thanks to you for listening once again to the SFM podcast I'm John Cole and stay safe